0: Welcome to Talking Chalk season 3. I'm your host Jamie and as always I'm joined by my co-host Ian, back from the dead, good enough? Ian, there was a stretch there, 2 weeks where it wasn't looking good. I stopped getting texts from you every other day about how much you love your team. <laughs> and now I love
1: I still loved my team even during that
0: time. <laughs> Are we confident again after coming off a win?
1: yeah yeah i mean after that offensive explosion no, there's no cure for a 600 ops week like a 18 homer 11 steal week
0: and the, the mook week was really rough the brendan week was not good but yeah last week uh your guys exploded and uh yeah right back into it because early early season the the standings we, are pretty crazy and
1: you know we could talk about that because like you know the not to overreact after a month it's still only been a month and uh Thankfully I'd had a couple of good offensive weeks prior to going into a little mini slump. Um, usually I call it for pitchers when they reach that point, they reach like a dead arm period, you know, after a few starts in and if they pitch bad, it's just a little dead arm. I got to come up with a term for it for hitters, but I feel like my hitters had that.
0: Right. Okay. That's fair uh, enough.
1: But on the overreaction front, it's like, even when I had a 600 OPS, Mook was trying to make me feel bad about it. Cause I was playing him that week and it's like, look, I know this, I know this offense is going to hit. I, you know, and sure enough, the the next week, I I never panicked.
0: Luke said you weren't returning his texts. He was, he was very worried. I was returning his (laughs) texts. I was just doing other things. I, uh, I,
1: I think I went to like a fancy dinner with my girlfriend, one of those nights and I sent him a picture of like a, you know, a nice like tuna steak dinner or something like that.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you're back into it. Like I said, the early season here, it seems like the, the standings have been crazy because, Every week it seems like people are winning ten nothing, you know, eight to four. there's not many ties. it's it does and, and I feel like last year it was like hard to beat anybody.
1: you know, like yeah. really beat somebody. There was always the no matter what it turned out six six, seven five, and yeah, this year it's been i mean the the blowouts
0: and yeah seven five doesn't move you in the standings, but ten nothing. you know that elevator up or elevator down for for either team.
1: Oh, yeah. See, I feel like it's like the once you hit the eight win threshold, you start to feel really good. And then and then each, each win after that makes you feel exponentially better.
0: That's exactly about talk about
1: dopamine hits.
0: Yeah, seven to five, you're happy with I gotta win, you know, I escaped or whatever. But yeah, the eight eight to four starts feeling really solid. It's like the
1: Vince McMahon meme you've seen, like is his face like it's a little like, oh like you know, of each each kind of when you go from eight to nine to ten to eleven, that's the yeah.
0: And it's also early, early in the standings. Obviously, any given week can really impact things, but also it's who you've played so far. So like we don't know who the bad teams are yet, but if you've If you played Ricky and Josh in the first few weeks, you might look like you're a world beater, but then you start playing some of the more difficult teams and, you know, you start losing or or tying. So um, that all balances out as we play more and more weeks. Yeah. And once again, the
1: no pan, I'm going to continue to stress the no panic before Memorial Day.
0: It is a long ass season. It really, it is. Yeah.
1: And and I so I remember having a similar point last year. I lost a move probably at the similar point. A year offense was crappy, and I remember saying, "It's like, look, if if Jordan Alvarez, Bo Bichette, and Rafael Devers, you know, don't want to hit all season, there's nothing I can do about that as a manager, you know."
0: Yeah, cars aren't performing. Now,
1: sure enough, Bichette waited another four months
0: after that to hit. So he's back this year. He's back though. Now he's fully he's fully back. It is funny how they, uh, like you mentioned, perhaps playing Mook around this time last year, not doing well. I remember Hausky and I ended up playing Patriot Day again uh, this year, and we played. I don't know if it was last year or two years ago, but he always gets somebody blown up in that eleven a.m. Red Sox game, and he's always playing me. And it's always awesome. <laughs> It was yeah, it
1: was Giolito last year, yeah. I think, and then he had the the Red Sox guy this year. It's a it's a tradition now for Hausky's ERA to be, you know. Over eighty before noon on yeah, Patriots noon. Day. Yeah,
0: and he's he's always playing me, so we have to make sure we we secure that matchup. Uh, I'm I'm future. fine
1: with making that one. Uh, you know, pin that one in.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else before we top, uh, jump into our topics here? No,
1: I feel like we got a we got a lot to cover.
0: Yeah. Uh, first, you know, major trade of the uh the season, not involving you know claiming rookies and and uh, yeah, first real like trade. That. But, and some big names, George Springer for, uh, for Shane Bieber, Ben. And, yeah. and
1: I, and I, you know, me, I, as soon as I saw this, I got excited. I love these kind of deals. I love the player for player swap, you know, especially uh, at this point in the year, I like each manager putting their nuts on the table kind of, and not being scared to get them cut off. You know,
0: I'm a big proponent of this type of trade also, mostly because I'm trying to make these trades all the time. I find myself in April and May reaching out to guys and, no one wants to, you know, make the the beer for pizza type trade. And I, and both of these And That's exactly what
1: I said when I saw it. I was like, as Jamie would say, beer for pizza. Yep. The, the perfect beer for pizza trade. Uh
0: so I guess which side, you know, which side do you like in this?
1: I I I really, as soon as I saw it, I loved it. And I, you know, Mook was talking to me not about trade ideas, but earlier that morning basically saying like he needed an outfielder and wanted to get an outfielder. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't have anything to match cause I'm, you know, not like I've surplus outfielders, but you know, I said to him, I was like, Oh, even if I were to trade, like my surplus hitter, like Mountcastle, you would say like, I'm like, you're never going to give me a pitcher that I would want. And, right. you know, I didn't think Bieber would even be movable. And I thought then I saw this deal come out and I thought, I just thought it made a ton of sense for both managers. Um, you know, the beer for pizza aspect has Ben has been streaming a lot, yeah. you know, has been definitely short staff starting pitchers. Uh, you know, Bieber feels like a guy that I think because Mook just got him from nowhere and it just seems like the type of guy Mook will find another of them. I know Bieber has been yeah. a, a very, very good pitcher and really probably underappreciated for the past, whatever, three or four years. Um, I, yeah, I, I think it's perfect for each of them. Um, Mook, I think, has plenty of pitching. He pr- proves he can not only f- identify pitchers uh, and pitching talent, but he's also very good at playing matchups and streaming that guy or two every week as he needs. Uh, it seems like, you know, I, he has the best ERA and whip. I'm, you know, I'm pretty certain in the Roto standings. Uh, just so I thought it made a lot of sense. And, and the other, the, the big aspect I'll say is that you always have to pay more on the pitching side. I feel like in our league in terms of from a value standpoint, and that's where I thought this equaled out perfectly. It's aside from the fact that you want to look at whether the players are struggling or not, because look, if they were hot right now, neither of these guys would be dealt. Uh, but if you say, okay, Bieber's 27 Springer's 33, you know, you're giving theoretically, you know, the younger player on the pitching side to carry more weight to kind of like theoretically kind of balance that out of the, what I always call kind of the uh, the hitter premium.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll echo a lot of your your thoughts there I was very surprised that Bieber was even movable uh you know I was that would be a player that I likely would have been interested in at least until I looked under the hood a little bit and it seemed like Bieber the under the hood metrics don't look great this year but the surface level metric you know stats do uh and you know Mook I think is trying to get out from under him before things maybe start to turn bad um, and it's kind right. of funny because
1: I, I feel like Mook probably did not look under the hood, but he bases it off what he sees, see but paint. what he saw, this is a case of, I think of what he saw matched up with under the hood. And I like, it's easy to see. He's not striking out as many guys. And, and there's been a, a significant decline in a strikeout rate type of thing that stabilizes pretty quickly, you know? So, you know, we have a sample size of whatever, six, what, six, seven starts at this point. Uh, that being said, I mean, I, I would still, you know, I, I could still see Bieber turning around. A lot of pitchers do this, you know, where you have a not so great month. Um, and, and as Mook would say, he seems like the type of guy who just knows how to pitch
0: too. For sure. I mean, he has six quality starts out of seven starts so far. So I don't like, think I have six quality starts in the some... last three weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, and we'll talk about that maybe a little bit coming <laughs> up with just how pitchers work uh, and, and what to value in our league. But that is especially valuable. He went eight innings in his last, Uh, start and seven the prior start so that is also very valuable uh at the same time Springer has been struggling this season so far as you mentioned he's older you know I think he's going to turn 34 this year and for a guy that you know
1: by the way Bieber just got another quality start nine strikeouts this time too I know it's against the Tigers but
0: oh wow yeah nice nice debut for Ben yeah good gracious any any uh yeah he struck out a lot of guys uh and he had not been so i I guess I like this for Ben a little bit more. um I feel like Springer you know anytime you're you're buying into a thirty four year old hitter, the speed not that Springer was ever gonna steal a ton of bases. He stole fourteen last year. uh that He's goes got four this year yeah that that goes you know relatively quickly as you reach your mid thirties. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a beer for pizza type trade, so both guys are making that determination. Uh, And So the other thing I'll say is like, I don't disc, I don't mind that,
1: you know, Springer doesn't necessarily, you know, Springer might be kept this year, you know, at some point he's, he's probably going to be dropped within say what the next two years in terms of from being kept. And, you know, I think he's a guy that, okay, you can, he can be your eighth keeper going into next year, or even if you end up dropping him, I I have confidence in kind of backfilling it and him having more of the need for the outfield. I think Springer... You know, I know his numbers are not good right now, but his underlying hitting numbers are good, you know, in terms of his, you know, his hard hit percentages and expected stats and all that stuff. So there's no reason to think that, you know, I think he's dying yet after a, a cold first month. The big thing is he still has, sorry, five stolen bases. Um, so that's encouraging. And he still hits the top of what is a very good lineup in Toronto. Uh, I think the biggest question mark for Springer is he's old Is you know, I I, I don't think he's had 400 plate appearances in the last two years.
0: Yeah. I mean he hasn't played a full. That's season. my bigger
1: concern is the full season. But I think on a per rate, per game um basis, you know, you you really know what you're getting. And I and I think this, maybe you don't think this as much because you have so many keeper outfielders, and I feel like we feel the opposite on this. Like I think it's hard to fill four outfield slots in this league and have four guys that you really like.
0: Yeah, and and Mook's offense, you know, is it's pretty pathetic. You know, he had some big names, but so many of his guys, Jazz is batting 223. Pete Alonso Yeah, I, I think he had all
1: of his hits against me.
0: <laughs> yeah. T- Tommy Edmonds. Get that out. 239. Edmonds, two. So of, of Mook's 11 starting uh, hitters, he's got two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's got eight of his 11 batting below 240. Yeah, he's, he's okay. got, and and
1: two guys batting below two
0: hundred. No, he's got three guys: Correa, Brandon Lau, and Gunner. Oh, Henderson I didn't see Gunner ball.
1: down there too at the bottom right. Gunner, yeah.
0: And George Springer's batting two ten right now. So so Mook is his. He should just rename <laughs> his team the Mendoza Line at this point. But he needs some injection of talent. You know, Trent Grissom probably not getting it done. Um, uh, and then he he needs you know the Carlos Correas, the Brandon Laus, the Tommy Edmonds, and Jazz's to to start hitting their weight at least. Um my
1: my bigger concern, like you know, I think Springer hits, you know, and look, you accept that guys like Jazz are going to be streaky or, or Brandon Lau, especially, uh Brandon Lowe, sorry. Uh you know, you expect that you're gonna play those streaks if they're gonna be really cold for a month and then, you know, the next month they're gonna be hot. Uh I think my bigger concern is how the injury I could just see the injuries piling up. We talk, we always talk about Mook's team of being very injury prone between you know, Buxton, Correa, Chisholm, uh, you know, you add in Springer to this and and Eloy's already on the IR. I I could just see a point in the season where, you know, three of those guys are all on the IR at the same time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't mind adding the, the reinforcements, so to speak, uh, because someone is invariably going to go on the IR. Uh, Gunnar Henderson might go I don't know, maybe go down at some point if he keeps batting below 200. I don't know what they're doing. With That's him. a whole other
1: interesting conversation, I think, to to unpack.
0: I I, te- I text Mook every two weeks or so asking, is, is it time, Mook? I mean, I'm I'm loving the Jordan Walker AAA uh, experience. I don't want to, you know, roster a guy who's struggling. And he wasn't even oh, struggling. Oh, yeah. You know, in perhaps Just not the same way. The,
1: yeah. the, And by the way, the whole Cardinals situation cracks me up. That's a whole other thing we can unpack. It's,
0: yeah, it's just it's the dumpster fi- fire. It'd be one thing if they're actually winning and they just had too many good guys, but they're losing and quote unquote have too many. And they're just—it's
1: such a mismanagement. It's and it's funny because I think normally you would think it would piss me off because I have a share in that whole mismanagement, right. but it's so comical to me that I actually find it funny.
0: And, and you have a pretty big investment—a first-round pick in that uh, oh, as yeah. well. I mean, think of the other guys that win the first round that have you know, or even the second round that have been better so far, like.
1: I knew that I knew what I was doing with Tyler O'Neill, yeah. though. You yeah. knew that was, I mean, and look, it's not over yet, and it's you not, know, yeah. it, you know, he could get traded, he can come back, he can go hot, just like you know, I said the same about Chisholm or, or Brennan Brennan Loud. Um, you know, you know that type of guy, streaky. You know he's injury prone. You know, you know all that. It's like that was the whole idea. Was I knew Tyler O'Neill was either, you know, it was going to be a very binary, either thirty thirty almost type player or going to be um you know not making it to the end of the year.
0: So you mentioned the Cardinals roster construction and you you touched on this briefly with Ben's team, but at one point, it was either last week or like a week and a half ago, Ben was rostering four healthy starting pitchers. And I just don't understand that. Like even if one of them was on a double or whatever, to stream four starts in a week just seems like just total mismanagement and there's guys on free agency that are better than the average streamer and this
1: is a whole nother thing I I, you know I think we were going to save this for later but it kind of all rolls in together is that yeah the I've noticed there are more guys on starting pitcher and I've been kind of holding extra starters just to kind of see what some of these guys got that it's like I can't believe these guys are in free agency and then I realize that it's because There's Ben, and I think Ricky's another one too, but I think more guys are just going, okay, I'll stream three or four guys a
0: week. I I had to stream a start last week, maybe even two. And so I picked up a guy the week prior. You know, I had an extra move. So I picked up Wade Miley. Wade Miley is not a sexy pitcher at all, but Wade Miley over the last two or three years has put up numbers. He's been traded for third round picks and such. He's started six games. He has four quality starts out of six. He has an ERA in the twos, a WHIP of one point oh five. I don't understand how he was a free agent and my eighth starter when Ben was rostering only four healthy starters. Why not just roster that guy and be like, it's not sexy, but you know I'm plugging him in once. You're or twice talking. A
1: week. You're talking about the guy who dropped Jose Brias after two starts,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and he has some guys on the the IR, like he's got some talent. He's got Degrom, so those guys are going to come back. But in the meantime, can't you just plug in some meat and potato, Wade Miley's, some Bailey Obers, some of the, you know, these guys with a pulse rather than trying to stream three, four starts. You're just, you're asking for trouble.
1: I, uh, yeah. And, and look, that's why I think hopefully, hopefully this means Bieber is the fifth guy that Ben rosters. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah. I mean, and I think and that he starts to build something because, I don't know. I always look at it as I think you need to have at least six starters, you know, and you figure what realistically you should have more because guys get hurt and all that. But it's like six starters means you you can bet on one of them being a double start pretty safely. And then you say, OK, that means I really only have to stream two guys. And then in some weeks, maybe you only have to stream one if you get enough double starts. But, yeah, I, I think going below six is dangerous. And then going even below that, especially when, you you know, you're in a league with 13 other guys that normally have to stream a guy too. So it's, it's not like you're just out there getting to pick what you want. No, it's, ben, it's so... Ben's like picking guys up day of and just running them.
0: And it's so wild. And we'll talk about this again, because it's part of another topic but you look at like FanGraphs or any of these fantasy sites with their like streamer recommendation of the day. And they're recommending like the 60th ranked pitcher as a streamer. And I'm like, dude, we were, we roster, you know, 90 guys. Like our streamers are like way off in the, you know, the distance of, you know, being decent. Uh, So I just, I just don't understand when there are like, why is Kyle Gibson, you know, a streamer when at this point, you know, he's, he's going to give you innings and some quality starts like that's a guy that if i'm only rostering four starting pitchers like i'll pick up kyle hold gibson for a few weeks yeah and, and hold on to him to ensure that i don't have to pick up or play a matchup because somebody's going to go two innings and give up eight runs and then your week's over
1: yeah I, and and i said that i think to you i don't think i said it on this pod but i texted you i think week one when i was like Man, with these new rules and the pitch clock, like we are back to really playing sweeper again with the streams of any one of these guys can just blow up on you.
0: And, and that can happen with your your other pitchers as well. But like- no, I know
1: it's just it's it just seems even more likely with, you know, with the guys that are left out there.
0: And you mentioned wanting to keep like roster at least six starters. And like, I'm usually in like the seven or eight boat myself. And that's where
1: I've been all year. Yeah. I've been, I've been holding all year, at least probably eight, to be honest, if you count Tosh Bradley.
0: And I'm always, even in May, I'm looking like, what's my playoff roster look like? Who are my eight starters? Who are my five relievers? Do I have like a swing spot for streaming? Like I'm constantly reevaluating that. So I am looking for that seventh and eighth starter for the entirety of the year, and I'm not afraid to roster a guy for 2 or 3 or 4 weeks to see whether he's going to be that guy and not rely on on streaming. That's just
1: and I think that's the interesting give and take of the early on is like how much do you chase the weekly stats for oh do I have that extra roster spot to stream an extra hitter or stream an extra reliever to squeeze out an inning or a run or whatever versus uh I might I don't want to drop a guy that 2 months from now I really wish I had.
0: Yeah. You yeah. know that I'd
1: held on to and seen cuz the you know i always say the values of guys change so much you know start to start week to week and it's even more so right now this first month like if somebody comes up and pitches you know two really good starts in a row you might stream them for one and drop them and then somebody else pick them and just hold them for the next three months turn out to actually be legit yeah it's i love i love that though that it's like you know the constantly the price is kind of set of like the buy sell hold aspect of our league of that kind of churning through guys in a way, I guess. And and I think it's more, I don't know that, you know, it feels like there's more of that opportunity in the first four to, you know, the first month to six weeks of the season because there's so much change in value, I guess.
0: Yeah. I was a little bit pissed at my draft this year because again, I drafted no later than the seventh round and I picked some like guys that were immediately going to go on the IR IR. I was kicking myself thinking like, I probably could have gotten a better active player in the seventh round. And now I'm going to have to pick up guys off free agency to fill my roster spots. But invariably there's always really good players like on free agency, Michael King, excellent reliever on the Yankees was drafted then dropped and I snagged him. And now he's like, he's getting some saves. He might be the guy and there's just always guys out there. So yeah, you have to decide who you're going to keep, who you're going to take a chance on and, I like to hold a guy for an extra start or two just to make sure he's not gonna be you know good,
1: and yeah, exactly and that and that's what I've done so far this year. like I will hold on to a guy even if I'm not gonna have him make a start for me. I'm more likely to do that this first, like I said month to six weeks just to see a little bit more, you know, just to see another start of him to see, okay, like how effective is his new pitch mix change or his increase velocity or or whatever you know and to see okay is this legit or not
0: and, and maybe it has to do with like where you people are in the standings like for me i'm, I'm close to the top right now like i'm thinking long term like you and i are playing this week monday morning you picked up three relievers like you're streaming relievers i i don't have the roster spots to do that right now because i'm investing long term in some of these guys hoping that months from now they'll be good for me so rather than like small tactical like one week battle like optimizing my roster like I might do in the playoffs I'm kind of investing long term so I'm I'm losing out on streaming value that you may beat me on innings from relievers this week just because you have some flexible spots you're able to to churn a little bit more than than I would so it's it's all Yeah and I I mean I
1: burned most of my moves early on but that was because I had to churn to win innings pitch against Trevor last week hold him off by an inning or so then I had to restock my relievers and now most of my moves are burned now thankfully for me um you know yeah i knew i had to do streams too this week but i also know okay like i now made his rehab start so i have a guy coming back in a week or two to fill in one of those starter spots so it's 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 great though cuz like you're bringing up kind of one aspect of it but then there's a you know or two aspects of it but then there's a third aspect of managing it as you know you have guys coming back and how you know it's all a uh I don't know. It's an interesting time of year for that stuff.
0: Yeah. Only so many roster spots. Like sometimes people, one 25. of my 25,
1: guys... I always say it's finite. P- people don't realize how finite it is that 25 roster spot. It's like we can only hold 25 guys.
0: Sometimes people will text me, like they saw on Twitter, one of my guys is hurt. And they text me hoping it'll inflict some pain on me. But if it's May or June, I'm a little bit sneaky happy that my guys hurt because. I'm still like I I want to roster that 26 guy or I've got another guy coming back from the IR and I'm worrying about roster spots like I'm not not upset. Oh, about I didn't. A a guy
1: I, IR. I was not upset at all when I heard Tyler O'Neill was hurt this past week, like he did something in his back. It's like there's like let hopefully this whole mess of the Cardinals right. <laughs> starts to sort itself out like he gets his back right. And, you know, like just take a take a week off, Tyler, you know. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, because ultimately we're all trying to roster a ton of talent, like as much talent as possible. And those IR spots, you know, allow us to stash guys, even our own guys, and figure out who else is, you know, worth worthy of one of those 25 spots. So, um, yeah, a lot of early season balancing of long term versus short term. And how long do I hold a guy to see whether he's going to be the real deal this year? Versus, do I just let Jose Barrios go after two starts, even though I I used my second over second draft pick on him? Uh, and I guess we spiraled off the Springer Bieber trade. Anything else on that? I think I've I mean ever... I think
1: after talking it through, I like it a little bit. If you have to pick one from Ben's side, because I feel like I feel like the need was bigger, and Bieber also perfectly fits his team need better than I think Springer does for Mook. Although Springer fills a need for Mook in the outfield. I think adding even more injury issues uh, yeah. could come back to bite him. So if I have to pick one, I I like Ben's side of the deal a little bit, but I I do think this is like the perfect deal for each team, and it's the type of deal I like to see more of.
0: It's exciting, too, because big. those are big names. This big names, not... yeah. I
1: mean, Springer's been a keeper for Ben. I mean, he was a rookie claim for him. He's yeah. been a keeper. I remember, like, Talking about Springer at like Ben's either Ben or Mook's wedding. <laughs> to, to to just yeah to put into context how long this guy's been in the league, you know?
0: And Ben has since uh fallen in love with a new outfield prospect in James <laughs> Outman. And I think that, that, you know, did not bode well for George Springer's uh time on Ben's team. Do we yeah, you were you were like oh outman can't be kept. We still we still outman hating. Uh oh, I mean I
1: he hit three home runs. I'm call. I'm calling you back to the stand for some guys to to address your comments on some guys on this this episode.
0: I'll say that it was more about Ben's you know <laughs> rabid enthusiasm eight days into a, an MLB season, uh, declaring him a, a keeper. I think James Outman is is playing very very well so far. Okay. Ra- so Randy like Rosarina looks like a steal from you know. Ben's point of view, uh, compared to you know what he gave Pat at this point too. So, you know, Uh, Ben's made some decent movies.
1: Uh, but yeah, I mean, out Outman's just the type of guy you want to get late, like he did, man. I, you know, and um, yeah, I think there's going to be obviously with the strikeout and whiff rate, like there's going to be some ups and downs with him. But I feel like you know you you ride the hot. You know, you've seen enough to be able to want to ride it out for a while.
0: Would you take James Outman or George Springer straight up right now? Springer. Okay. Still Springer, yeah. All right.
1: I mean, but you know me, I love, I love thirty, thirty plus year old <laughs> hitters who I think can age okay. You know, I I'm, true, it's yeah. It's like my, uh, it's like my sweet spot. It's like if I have like a, like a middle aged mill fetish. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, I've got nothing else in that trade. Move on to the, uh, the next. I, it's all you know intermixed, which is pretty. Neat. We ran through
1: a lot, but I all right. So this are you, you want to go through my like expert Twitter rankings whole yeah. conversation? Okay, so I'll give you some context how I text you about this and I brought this up. So there was a comment on Twitter by Eric Cross, who's like a you know, yeah, he's a, I know, you, he's, you you know who he is, yeah. He's
0: a- B minus level. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's he's, yeah. he's
1: one of um, I don't know. He's anyway one of the big like kind of. I feel like he does a lot of prospect stuff. But he yeah, does. anyway, he's a he's a Twitter slash fantasy baseball personality has way more listeners and readers than we do. Sure, is what I'll say. Yeah. Uh, so he just made a comment. I saw in my musings that like he made a comment of like, oh, Barrios is aver- is an average pitcher like Jose Barrios. And this was even after like, he had like, you know, three good starts in a row. Like he commented back to somebody. And I, I, you know, I got into a little bit of thing. I'm like, uh, I was like, why can't he do the 200 innings, you know, almost 200 strikeouts like he's done, you know, pretty much every year going back to 20, I think it's like 2015 or 2016. I threw it up there other than last year when he struggled a little bit and, You know, and he's like, yeah, but even then it's only a four ERA, blah, blah. Like that's not a, you know, that's, that's just an average to above average pitcher. And I go back and I look, and so Pat like jumped into the chat and was like, oh, Ian Goody got dunked on by Eric Cross, blah, 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 you know. And I went back and I looked at our player rater for fan tracks and I took screenshots from the last four years taking every year except for 2020, which was shortened and for and 2020, he was still top. 40 ranked player uh, or starter. But I took every year going back to like 2016, like I said, other than last year and Berrios was a top 20 starting pitcher on the player rater. He was like 13, 16, 14, you know, 17. And I think the perception of him always was, was that he was supposed to be this. He was a pretty highly rated prospect. He was traded for Trey Turner in our, in a Trey Turner package in our league and expected to be this whole like higher end pitcher, And I never thought he was that. And that was the thing I said to Eric in the comment. I was like, I think he's gone from going, being way overrated to being severely underrated now just because of that one year. And I, the, so the whole point of the thing was, was he ranked clearly as a top 20 starter for like four years in our league, given the 200 innings, the whatever, the, the decent ERA and the 190 strikeouts. And for him saying that that wasn't a, that wasn't really that good of a pitcher. Makes me think, do other leagues, and do you think there's that many leagues that do innings pitch, quality starts, and max starts, and does that distort our rankings? Because the other guy that it came with is I always see Rasmussen ranked in like the top 20 of Saras's, and people argue that he should be top 10 and all this, but he doesn't, you know, there's so many starts he hasn't gone into the fifth inning even. Yeah, On starts and it, you know, and it's like, and in our league, if you're not getting quality starts, you can't be a top 20 guy. I
0: think it's, I think it's important to understand how each of these sites or these analysts rank guys and why they rank them a certain way. Like for, you know, Saris, it's all about his own metric, his stuff plus, which he came up with, which part of me is like, that's kind of eg- egocentric that, you know, you focus all your um, analysis and all your rankings on this thing that you came up with. But also, you know, on second thought, why else would you do it any other way? Because speaking about guys like Eric Cross, Eric Cross is not coming up with anything new or unique or value added. What he is is a guy that's going to compile opinions from a lot of different places into his own, you know, ranking set. He's not he's not a Kylie McDaniel. He's not a Keith law. He's not bringing any expertise to the table to say, Oh, here's why you should believe this thing. If anything, he's just taking all those other guys and just mashing it together into a list. And there's a, but see. Th-
1: and I think that would be valuable. And look, I like most of what he produces actually. Uh, and because I think it's like, okay, I'm fine with that. If you're taking those kind of, other expert metrics, so to speak, if you want to call it and aggregating it and translating it into a fantasy sense and putting a fantasy perspective on it. So just want to throw that in.
0: So, and I, I agree. There's some, obviously there's a market for it, right? Like that people are like you and I are rabid for fantasy analysis. I follow Eric Cross as well, but you know, if, if his opinion differs from one of the guys I put in my like a tier, I'm obviously not taking Eric Cross's word for it because I know that. He's not coming up with anything unique himself. He has no expertise outside of doing this for a long time. If you and I started writing and doing this, you know, five, 10 years ago, we would be Eric. We would be as you know as followed as Eric Cross. We would have just as many uh, followers, just as much cachet. But neither of us are bringing anything unique to the table, like like I said, a Kylie McDaniel or Keith Law or Eno Saris. Even uh, I had
1: to pass that CPA exam,
0: huh? Damn it. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's important, you know, going back to like Eno's list, it's important to understand that everything for him is based on stuff. So like a guy that goes five innings and, you know, strikes out seven might rank really highly on his list if he's got great stuff. But for us, that's okay. But I'd rather have the sixth inning, the quality start and strike out five guys instead of seven. And then other sites are focused so much on like the the public, which is like 12 team Yahoo or... 12 teams wins wins yeah it's wins it's uh sometimes it's weekly leagues not even daily leagues so i played in a weekly league where you only started five pitchers so like yeah some of these like jose barrios is not going to be one of your five pitchers in that type of 12 team league like or maybe he is, but he's like your fifth best one. Yeah. Uh, so, And only it, if he has a
1: good matchup that
0: week, you know. Right. Or he's on a double or something like yeah. that. Uh, so ev- it's also context dependent. And I, I would agree with you that our league, first of all, I think our pitching stats are fucking awesome. I love, I love our,
1: and that was what I also going to say. I think our setup is the best.
0: I think it is the, the, the combination of quality starts and innings pitch with the starts limit. I mean it's almost like it's it and really, the
1: 14 teams.
0: Yeah. It it rewards the Justin Verlanders going seven, you know, innings every single time. It it rewards you uh not just streaming guys uh, and you know, missing on quality starts, but rostering guys that are gonna get quality starts that pitch deep into games. I mean, to be honest, it's almost about like the guys that make 30 starts, the guys that pitch 170 innings, no matter their strikeout rate. Are pretty fucking valuable in our league, and yeah.
1: that's why Barrios was so high on our rater. and that was my point. But it's see, that was, and that's where it got to. This it's like I don't think anybody like I don't think most other leagues either value that or care about that, and especially not some of these guys with their rankings, like Saris with a stuff plus, or you know, I don't know, say Cross, who's just not I don't know, playing in a different, playing in a more common league format. I guess but, I don't know, or trying to write to that, you're trying to write Turner, to a yes. more and I get it. You're trying to write to your audience and most guys aren't playing in a 14 team, you know, nine max start, you know, innings pitch league. So I, I don't know. I the Yeah. And I, I reason I wanted to bring that up is just because I feel like we, at least in like the expat chat, like we talk about these rankings so much. Right. And it's like, it's funny how much they, you gotta. And I think this with any of the insight of these guys, it's like, I follow these guys for ideas. I don't. Right. I don't do anything because they say, or I don't rank, you know, I rank my own guys. I, they could. Br- I follow them. So they bring up guys that may be showing something and then I can look into it more and see if they fit onto my roster or not. Uh, but it's, it's, you got to remember in all of this, I guess that our, I think our league setup is unique. You
0: it absolutely isn't. And, and when I was, you know, having success for several years there, obviously I had my aces, but all I was looking for to fill in starters five, six, seven, eight was JA Hap. Just just six innings pitched, two or three earned runs, you know, a low whip. Doesn't even matter strikeouts. Cause I had aces at the time that gave me strikeouts and relievers give you strikeouts too. So like it just don't blow up and give me a great shot at six six innings pitched and a quality start. And that goes a long, long way in our league. And I think and then I like, the thing I like about the way our pitching is set up is I think it values you
1: having, you have to have each of that. Now you could just have like, you know, six or seven horses like duty had last year, but most of the time you can't put that together. You know, you, if you have just one or two stud pitchers and no depth, like a lot of that's going to get washed out by crappy performances. And if you have just a bunch of depth guys, then when the big pitchers have the 10 strikeout games against you, it's going to blow you out of the water. So you really do kind of have to piece together both or and, build out a full staff in a way that has both headline talent and has actual, you know, six or seven guys.
0: And it, it's, it, you're right. It's interesting. So like, you're always searching for the, the Justin Verlanders, the Spencer Striders, but I feel like at a certain point, if you have some of those guys continuing to search for them, the the rookies that show those types of skills are often the same ones that have control issues and don't go deep into games also.
1: And and this brings up another really good point how, you know, at, there's, there's been like the Miller's chase recently, right. yeah. like with the rookies and, but and we could lump Bradley into this and these other guys. And it's like, it's so funny how, like Housky being the great example gets so obsessed with the next pitching prospect that's coming up. And, but it's, they exactly but, do that. And it's like, even if they have a good start, you know, then their next start isn't so good because they're. it just seems like...
0: So, yeah, Housky specifically is a great example because Housky kept Aaron Nola, he kept Corbin Burns, he kept Lance Lynn. So he has three, like, awesome starters. Then he drafted guys like Zach Eflin. To be honest, after his three aces, all he should be looking for are Zach Eflins. If you fill out, like, roster spots four through, through seven or eight with Zach Eflins, you win. Pitching every week, probably Yeah, five yeah you categories. have, like
1: I said, you have the high-end guy that, you know, when they have their hot week, then, okay, nobody else is going to be able to touch your, you know, touch your heights of your strikeout totals or innings or
0: whatever. You don't need Mason Miller's. And again, Mason Miller might turn out fine, but, like, you don't need to chase the sexy guys because most of the time they blow up in your face and you can't afford that because that just cancels out your aces. Or they don't make it deep into games. Like, you should be looking for the boring chalk like the Wade Miley's like again Zach Eflin's and Wade Miley's after you already have some aces are how you should build pitching stats at least in my opinion or like Stroman's a guy like that yeah oh abs- talk about absolutely a lot. yep Stroman and the Jordan Montgomery's just the meat and potatoes 8k per nine give me quality start most of the time most importantly they're going to make 30 starts in the year because they have longevity they don't have injury issues like, I, I think that's
1: one of the more underrated things in our league and i said it's the 30 start guy
0: yeah because
1: like, the, there's so few guys that make 30 starts and i probably say that every week but it's just i cannot stress it enough
0: mason miller has like 24 innings pitched in his entire minor league career could he, like what's the upside in terms of innings pitch for mason miller this year for house like Ideally, he pitches 99 innings for Housky. Housky is able to rookie keep him. Yeah, and I next think that's year... what's his whole
1: idea, the claim. And that's the idea of claiming any pitcher. But, like, probably and gets Tommy John in between then and now.
0: Probably. And not to pick on Housky, but, like, Housky specifically had three awesome starters that he brought into the year. And, and if you just plug in Zach Eflins, and he brought in Reed Detmers, too, right? So he had a fourth starter. Yeah, uh, he, And Reed Detmers is not doing great. But, like, just plug in Zach Eflins, and you're going to win pitching every single week. And the Wade Miley's and such. So, uh, yeah, the way people build their pitching staffs, I'm glad they do because it gives me opportunities to to feast on some of these. Uh, yeah, I, I I think there's – I mean, someone, somehow yeah. – Someone just roster Kyle Gibson. He's ranked 56th right now, just like roster him for a month or two because he's going <laughs> to be better than your sixth and seventh starter. He was patched streamed of opening day, I'm pretty sure. He's going to be like the, just that guy who just gets streamed uh, – You know, every single week, he's already been streamed three times.
1: Here's the other thing, though, I think. I think it looks like there's always more starters in the beginning of the year because it's like, oh, you can look out and be like, "Ah, I think I could see that guy being good. But after a month or two goes down, you know, enough of these guys have gone down with injuries, and it thins out fast, I think.
0: Like, you stream J.P. Sears. Like, you you don't want to have to do that. Like, that that puts you behind on Monday.
1: Sears was this close to (laughs) streaming a dream against you, all right? (laughs) Ran out of gas, man. He had, like, 50 pitches in five innings and then just ran out of gas.
0: I mean, guys are you know, starting to disappear from this uh, this free agency list for for starters.
1: I was shocked that I could still get Bailey O'Bear for yes. a stream. What the hell? Like, like I, dro- I had to stream him two weeks ago when he came back, and I was like, ah, it sucks. I can't roster him. I have a bunch of other guys that I like. You know, this is it. Somebody's going to really get a good one here. And then I look back up, and I'm like, oh, you're still here.
0: I'm not sure why you would drop him, Ian. Like, I mean, I guess you've got eight starters. So he. This is
1: Bradley and talk about something else. You see how he sucked in triple A since yeah. he's gone back.
0: Yeah. Is, is that a, like, at what point are you dropping that guy? Like I
1: d- that's the, I goddamn raise.
0: <laughs> Here's another I, thing I, I want to bring Rays. up
1: while I'm talking about teams management. Like, do these guys not re- like, I know <laughs> these guys are super smart. They do a lot of things. Right. But like isn't it obvious to realize these guys are not robots and you right. can't just ship them back and forth between Tampa and Charlotte yeah. and if, expect it not to mess with their psyche, their routine, their, you know, their development, all of that.
0: Yeah. Jordan Walker's hitting 150 in AAA A too right
1: now. And I'm like, and, eh, and I, the thing is with Walker is he shouldn't have been up to begin with knowing agree. what type yeah. of an outfield log jam you had, like wait until you have a clear, okay, I'm going to play him at least five days, six days a week. And and he's earned and you could have left him down in the minors and had him earn it, and then you wait for a spot to open up, and then he's why do a, you create this situation?
0: He's not even a good outfielder. Like that's the other yeah. It's awful. Like
1: yeah, it's not it's not like he's giving you value no matter what, you know, in
0: yeah. But it, yeah, the I hate rostering Tampa Bay guys. Like, I hate Tampa Bay prospects. Anytime you know, Kyle Mazzardo or whatever, like Junior Camonero. They're high. Oh, I, by the whatever, way, I'm like,
1: going on record about Manzardo. He's going to come up and be a platoon bat.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, they, they're going to
1: end it. it's I mean, look at how long it's taken for Josh Lowe. I don't even know if yeah. he has full time playing time yet.
0: They're going to play five days a week, which is fine, but like, he's going to sit two days in a row against lefties. At and least. You're like, fuck yeah i hate i hate the rays for fantasy no uh, and what
1: they do works and it's it's right i i disagree with them on the way they're managing their pitchers because they're starting they're they're doing the bulk days with fleming and stuff instead of bradley meanwhile you're messing like i said with the psyche development and routine of your best pitching prospect what it's like hey if he proves that he pitches well in the majors just let him run with it then uh but on the on the hitting side, I get it. It works that, you know, them keeping guys fresh and all that. It's not good for fantasy team fantasy <laughs> for our fantasy rosters, but it works. Right. That's fine. Uh, the Bradley thing, I see him struggling in AAA and I just think this clearly doesn't actually work, though. And, and to a whole nother point to add, pile on to this one more point is it's not like these guys have less arm injuries than any other team. The Rays pitchers get hurt just as much. They act like they have some secret formula that they know how you know the data to protect their pitchers, and they just don't. That's the end of my fucking Kevin Cash Rays bullshit rant.
0: But at the end of the day, we have to recognize the fact that they have zero payroll compared to most every other team, and they still beat all these other teams. So, like, they do something right. I agree. If they do obviously
1: do something right.
0: If I was an MLB owner and I had my choice of you know management or you know gm like i would probably just instill all the race guys and give them a budget and win every world series because i think they they probably would uh but definitely not conducive and uh you know, does not match i to, wouldn't to i tell you what i wouldn't
1: let them run a goddamn fantasy roster
0: right definitely not all right uh god where were we starters and Sorry, That's I had to. I've been
1: waiting. It's been like a month since we've recorded. I've had a lot of thoughts about that. You, you probably need up. to drop
0: Taj Bradley. There, there's a lot of guys in our league with dead roster spots. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like, but I 20... think that goes
1: back to the early in the year where you're holding, you're trying to hold value. I guess you know, like we were saying, like you kind of hold that extra starter. You, the same concept applies elsewhere.
0: Like, Brent Brendan is holding uh, Christian Encarnacion Carnacion uh, Strand. strand which is you know fine but, but like Bre- brendan's in fourth brendan's in fourth like what the fuck? yeah are you doing, I, I thought that too like i
1: went to look at his roster when i saw he said fourth and i'm thinking of like oh god why is he still like we brendan have not been me. in the playoffs in like four years like let this run a little bit there'll be plenty of time for stashing later
0: yeah like you have to change modes like and this is guy. this is a guy who could be fine but it's not like he's a top 10 prospect or, yeah. or anything and yeah, I played Brendan last week. I had a down week, but I escaped by the skin of my teeth because Brendan was rostering a bunch of guys he shouldn't have. Like that that probably would have gotten him to win, just having another spot or two. And he's not the only one. There's other other guys doing it. Pat is Pat competing or is Pat, you know, got one oh, foot yeah. in both camps. And
1: and that's why I think I said that earlier in the year when you're like, oh, Pat can compete. I'm like, yeah, but he
0: won't. <laughs> he will choose not. He will like who is Justin Henry Mallory? Yeah, what the fuck? Who is that? Yeah, like if you have Kyle Manzarda, who at least is rookie eligible, like if if James... But Leiter- it doesn't matter because he's rostering. He already has his rookie slots filled. Sure. But like if one of those guys, if LED De La Cruz comes up in July, like at least you can slide Manzardo down. You can't slide Justin Henry Malloy down. And who the fuck is he? Who is that? <laughs> and Matthew Libertore. Li- uh, Libertore. So, so Li- Matthew has- Limtard. Yeah, sorry. So he's got three dead roster spots right now out of 25.
1: So like and, and this, the thing this thing league is, like Libertor, Liberator, like how good is he gonna be? Right. Like we keep saying with all these pitching prospects. Like it, you know, he's he's not better than any of those guys, or he's not more exciting than any of those guys. And we just saw three out of four of those guys fall on their face.
0: I can forgive Kyle Manzardo. Like you you want one spot, okay. That's like, fine. Yeah, Pat, yeah. Pat is definitely, you know. He was bottomed out last year. He's trying to turn it around. Like, unless he trades one of these guys, he's kind of stuck a little bit. But, like, an extra two roster spots that are dead, one guy that you and I haven't even heard of, like, what the...
1: Pat must know something. Maybe Eric Cross tweeted about him.
0: Maybe Eric Cross, yeah. if Pat's basing anything. Oh,
1: like and that, here's right. another thing that cracks me up about those guys, because I know Pat follows a lot of these guys. Like, like, and I, and I follow Cross, too, but there's a couple of these guys that close yeah. my mind. They go a little bit too deep down the minor. So at the same point that they're writing for, I feel like, the mainstream leagues, obviously, on the other point, they're writing for these deep, like, rookie dynasty yeah. leagues where I feel like Pat probably gets hyped up by some of these guys when it's like, right. okay, yeah, if we had a 50-player you know, player dynasty team, then, yeah, maybe I'd want to be on the lookout for what this guy's doing in high A, you know? But they're- once again, in our league, we – you can only hold on to 10 guys ne- going into next year, including rookies.
0: There is not a lot of content produced for our specific type of league. As you mentioned, you know, there's the 12 team public league. Which leagues, is why we
1: fill a niche. Which
0: is why, yeah, which was why this podcast is important, Ian. E, and people that listen to it do better than the people that don't. And then you've got, like you said, you've got the deep dynasty leagues. Then half the uh, people just write about NFBC and like free agency bucks yeah. and things. And like, all that is useless for our league, too. So you really have to know who you're reading, what they're writing to, and you know why they're writing a certain way. And you can still glean nuggets from it for sure. Like I follow all those guys too, but but you got to understand
1: its context.
0: Yeah, like if Eric you know? Cross if Eric Cross texts you know uh, or tweets about you know some rookie that's been hot over the last two or three weeks in the minors, great. Like that that's something I now I know. Like I not, now I know I yeah. should I should look into that yeah, I, should, I and i wouldn't have known i don't that. need to
1: rush i don't need to run and go stash him you know
0: because he's he's part of like the the twitter like fantasy people that tweet you know 20 times a day they're trying to they, they have thousands of followers not tens of thousands or millions like they they're trying to they're they're hustlers for lack of oh yeah, yeah, yeah they're
1: playing their likes i get yeah.
0: it so and you know they're trying to make make a career or what have you and like i certainly respect that but like i said they they provide some value but i would not you know trust them to um to do certain things
1: uh, who's a, who else's roster can we te-
0: tear apart while I'm, we're here i am i'm trying not to just open up random rosters and just fly off the handle <laughs> and I, I didn't want it to be, to be like this.
1: i don't even think we had roster tear apart on the list here but it's just kind of somehow spawned out oh, into can it we talk
0: about bills rookies uh what's this, Coloss or whatever the number Oscar Coloss, the number one the guy who we didn't pick, know who he was until is, the night before the draft is in the minors now he's in Josh, the minors Josh hey Jones at least at least doing...
1: he'll be rookie eligible
0: <laughs> right yeah uh Josh John is doing just fine he's striking out like a shit ton which is going to catch up to him like 33 percent. but he's got eight home but runs hey, man, eight, so... yeah
1: eight home runs I mean you yeah. gotta love it
0: so you know that that's fine but still that I don't know Everybody makes mistakes, Ian. That's why I just keep telling myself.
1: Yeah, me too. I, yeah, I, I mean, he time. like I said, he fumbled those early. Yeah, I mean, and the thing was, the the, the saddest thing about it, he could have just done nothing and gotten Dylan Cruz, and I think it would have been totally acceptable.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. that's uh, yeah, he but like
1: seriously, he. Did, I mean, like I don't, and I get it. We don't want to overrate a college player, but it's like if he did that, I think everybody else would have just been like, yeah, yeah
0: okay. I mean, he also, he had, he was, in, had an opportunity to out waiver for Corbin Carroll last year. And I asked that's him
1: to, that goes a little bit. Into I know the, the hindsight bias. I, I
0: hear you, but I don't know. Like, all right, let's uh, let's, let's, let's move, move on with to, the,
1: with the number one waiver pick. You have a lot of time to think about it. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that I feel like makes his decision worse. worse. Uh,
1: oh no. In that it does. Yes. I agree.
0: All right, so we hit on streaming, we hit on pitching, we hit on roster churning and the you know having to oh, balance yeah. things. Uh, I added on there. Do we know which teams are good in this in this? So league,
1: all right, yeah, I do want to add on to this. So Pat sent a picture of to ex-pat on Monday morning of our standings, and he drew a line below Mook, and he drew a line, of course, conveniently below himself. <laughs> right, and he tears. said yeah, yeah, and he said everybody above the top line are competitors. He said the muck is four through nine right now, and he declared everybody below himself conveniently to be dead. Yeah, And I don't agree with that at all. Uh, as I say, you know, obviously the no panic before Memorial Day. My analysis of this, I am willing to kill two teams off right now.
0: Perry and uh, Ricky.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I think it's clear. They're bottom of the standings. Um. The roto scores are the worst. So like they've absolutely performed the worst. You look at their rosters. I don't see how things get better. You know, they just each have problems. Uh so yeah, they're dead, I think. And and I I don't think there's anything else to say other than that about them, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, Rick, you look at Ricky's roster. Ricky's been is, flipping
1: streams just as much as Ben. It's bad. Yeah. I I'm trying to trade
0: good. trade with Ricky, and it's just it's not going anywhere because he doesn't have any talent to to move. Give up. I mean, Jose Abreu's and, dead. Like,
1: I and I didn't see that coming, man. Before he got kept, I was hoping he'd be dropped in because I'm like, oh, yeah, him going to the Astros is going to be great. Like, you know, you love I love me some 34 year old, you know, professional hitters, but man, yeah, he just died. But that's the risk with those guys. They die.
0: Ricky had his three keeper pitchers, starting pitchers, all of whom are quite all good. All of bad. And he does the not, same with
1: Manoa. I mean, did, Manoa not being good.
0: Ricky doesn't have didn't add any pitching talent uh he, he's everybody's got an era in the sixes on his on his and, team
1: and here's my thing and looking at the standings everybody above Perry. this is why i say to counter pat's argument trevor ben and bill are not dead i can look at each of their rosters and at least make a case for them you know being in the mix for you know let's say at least through the all-star break yeah so nice. i and i can say something nice about each of them trevor's team i think has good his offense is shit but he has some good pitching and i always say you know good pitching in our league because of the as we said the innings pitch or sorry the innings pitch stat the max stars yada 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 can help you can really cover up a lot if you have a good combination and i can see him you know with some of these guys like i can see with Neske getting better, I could see Rasmussen yep. pitching better, you know, yada, yada. Um, Bill, I just feel like – what's has got to, you know, I feel like he has decent on each side. He has enough talent on each side. Like, you know, Cease, Peralta, Cole, Gilbert, yeah. Musgrove, like, that's all really back. good yep. starting pitchers. Um, you know, Pascantino's been good. Matt Olsen's hit 11 home runs. You said Jung's brought the power. You know, I can – I can see enough there where like his offense doesn't suck like Trevor's uh and Ben, I like his trade for Bieber, um you know, I, I feel like Ben just always outplays himself.
0: I think it just looking at the standings, I think like just mathematically, Pat's tears made sense. you know, obviously the the top three are grouped, the middle are grouped, and the bottom are kind of grouped in terms of the standings but one but... week can flip that. I agree. If you actually look at the rosters, I don't think that that is uh, the case at all, and I yeah. certainly would not declare the the three teams right below Pat to be and, dead. And
1: that's and that's the thing. It's like it's one thing to have this. I, I feel like look at the standings at you know if this was the case like three or four months in, but it's like a month from now, you double the the sample size of right. what the games have been played. You know of what's here now. You know,
0: yeah, and some of these guys are better managers than others and you can fake it for six weeks as we saw in Ben's championship season. But if you play a 23 week you know, season or however many weeks we play these days, that's hard to keep it up over that period of time. And you have to, you have to make so many decisions like dozens, if not hundreds of decisions throughout the course of the year. And guys that are better at this are going to on average, make better decisions than the other people. And they're going to, they're going to rise the cream rises to the top. So you know, Ben has made some decent decisions, uh, and been a pretty good manager the last few years. Like, can he make better decisions than Pat? Probably. And like, we just talked, about I think Pat just on their mindset alone, yeah.
1: you know, with Pat Ross, you know, three dead roster spots and Ben just, you know,
0: yeah. So Pat's f- the metal. five games ahead of Ben right now, but like, who gives a shit? We're one month yeah. into the season, like over the course of the time, like period of time or the season. Yeah. That that's that's nothing. So, yeah, I, it's hard to tell who's got a good good shot. Like you said, you had two bad weeks that you sunk down, and then you had a good week and popped back up. Brendan's had a nice little streak recently. Mook has you know, done a lot for himself. I'm, root- the last few I'm weeks. obviously
1: rooting on Brendan. Yeah. Um, he shouldn't be stashing guys, but I'm rooting
0: on him. And, like, I don't know, I told him to just drop Rendon at this point. Like, you drop that guy, like, there's probably no one picking him up. <laughs> I I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's funny. Here's one other thing I want to talk about roster drop. It's funny the whole exercise
1: of like you kind of play. All right, when you're managing rosters, you we kind of manage like really a 27 or 28 man roster because you drop guys knowing you'll be able to get them back. And I right. think it changes in that like, okay, if I drop this guy in the middle of the week, I can get him back before the end of the week. But if I drop him on Friday and he's in free and he's a free agent on Monday when everybody's got fresh moves, he's good as gone. And a good That's- example of that of like will smith for me i picked him up after he got a save he didn't get a save for like a week or two but i still wanted to hold like around you know that rangers you know kind of corner of the market i had him and hernandez just in case um sure what's his name leclerc fucked it up which he eventually did yeah and it's like i i remember dropping each of them at one point and then like when i got will smith back in time like after like i dropped him let him clear waivers got him back you know
0: i feel it's like- funny that's what? especially. I feel like that's especially true with relievers, since they're like so often streamed. I feel like we all have our yeah. guys, and we just yeah, oh up, yeah yeah yeah. Team. We wrote. Yeah.
1: I mean, like you said, it's like Brent Honeywell deserves a home. Like,
0: <laughs> like can we yeah. get Brent Honeywell a home? Yeah, I texted you after after you streamed Brent Honeywell for the third time this season. I said that poor hit it hit it and quit it Ian, you know he keeps Dude, going he gave, me, and then, he
1: gave me the two innings i needed to to hold off trevor on innings pitch honeywell did his job and now i threw him I mean, back out ian, of the street monday morning
0: in rolls over No, not even monday morning ian just rolls over and says you know what i got an early day tomorrow if you could just you know I, if you could just out. get out <laughs> poor honeywell's you know holding his uh his high heels you know clutching <laughs> his his clothes against his body and you know, I knew I
1: said you could stay over tonight, but I got an early I got start an early tomorrow. More. You got to go.
0: <laughs> Poor Brent, Honeywell. Yeah. So I noticed that, and we all have this guys. Like, um, you know, they're they're easily streamable. You miss out on them one week, and you know you'll probably get them a few weeks later. So, I think it's a little different, like position player uh, wise. So the one the one guy I panicked
1: about that though was uh, so I picked up Estuary Ruiz. Yeah. And then I dropped him in my matchup against Moot because, like, I needed – I think it was because, like, Gray had a good start that night. So I wanted to, like, pick him up to hold on to him to see, you know. And Ruiz, in, like, the two days he was on waivers, stole five bases. But just went – and I was like, oh, holy shit. Like, you know, and because he didn't steal a base for, like, a week or so when I was there. Like, he went into a little mini slump. And then, oh, thank God I got him back because this guy is a
0: – he just steals everything that's not nailed down. Is he – I've been thinking about it like I'm not sure whether he is good in in our league or he's not.
1: probably so no he's good in our league because he's fast as shit and the A's are so bad they're just gonna and I like what the A's are doing they're just gonna run him at leadoff all year to see if he'll hit enough
0: to be viable sure so so I get that but like because they have also- nothing else to do. He also OPSs in the 600s. And I know he's had a hot week, like the last
1: week he went. like he Yeah, oh no, two-tier. last year he was, last week he was fantastic. He hit like 500 and he stole
0: like six bags. But can you roster a guy who has zero home runs and has an OPS in the yes, 600s? Yes, I can. Yes, I can because
1: I need a platoon guy for either Peterson yeah. and or Tyler O'Neal anyway. So he kind of just like, oh, Peter, you know, Peterson's not playing tonight because there's a lefty up throw in Estorio the Madman on the base pass, you know, gets... Oh, Ollie Marble's fucking around with Tyler O'Neill. Ruiz. You're
0: up. So maybe like the larger, the active roster we have, the less the rate stats matter, like in 11 hitters, maybe a sub 700 OPS doesn't matter as much as if you had, I don't know, six hitters or seven. Also, hitters. T- yeah.
1: Cause I mean, my OPS drives on, you know, if, I the mean, he and Goldschmidt, you know.
0: I mean, he impacts it like right, like he's one of your eleven hitters. He's OPSing below seven hundred, so he's if you play him for the whole he week, he drags it. Yeah, he, yeah, he I drags get that. it 20, 30 points, which some weeks doesn't matter at all, right? But like in some weeks, it it may. And then also the no home run, so that is a roster spot. And I'm not saying he won't hit a home run ever, but like that's a, a zero. Yeah, I was going to say you keep talking, he's going to hit a home run against <laughs> right. you this week. <laughs> now he he's he has some RBI and he has some. Uh, some he hits runs because guys that rods run, yeah uh so it's it's like he's almost like a four, a four category guy but he dragged not that zero home runs drags you down but it's a lost opportunity right like any other smoke and hit home runs so i i wonder like whether it's worth worthwhile it'd be like a a reliever that steals you know that you gets 50 saves but has a era in like the sixes and sevens and a, a whip of like what? Uh, the
1: yacht wasn't it like baton court or something like that like right like this
0: is like do you still eight roster eight that guy yeah, so it's interesting i'm not sure what the right answer it's is. 17 steals James. i know, I know. <laughs> so maybe maybe he can single-handedly win you that stat and that's worthwhile this guy this guy is everything pat ever dreamed of I mean, billy hamilton, hamilton be. would be yeah and it's and and I think I think changes, the conversation yeah.
1: would be different if he wasn't a leadoff hitter. Because I think him being a leadoff hitter, I think, is gonna artificially drive up his both his steals just because of opportunities right. and his you know his runs. Yep. Uh so I think like yeah, like and I remember bats, you know, Luke had Bertie for a while last year and he like batted ninth for the Marlins, but it's like you needed a stolen base guy, so he played him some. Like Ruiz batting leadoff every night is I, I think just makes it a little bit more you know tolerable
0: and i I like and he's a
1: and all i can i can't use anything other way to describe that he's a madman it's fun watching him he gets on base and you just know he's taken off and maybe he's only been caught two times
0: for me birdie had like multi-position eligibility you could plug him in a lot of spots and i know that you struggle in outfield especially so i see an outfielder i'm like that guy can't even make the roster on my team but it's different for you so yeah i don't i don't know what the right answer is he he, maybe is worthwhile um but yeah it's certainly fun like 17 steals through however however many games like he's gonna steal 60 this year that's pretty crazy and and, and i mean it's kind of
1: cool with the new rules this year is it's like more guys could steal more you, you yeah. know what i mean it's like it's be fun to see like i remember back when we first were started playing fantasy base like carl crawford stole 60 yeah. bases and it's like and now he also hit 10 home runs which is cool but 17 one year and you're like yeah like a top oh yeah 10 player. yeah but like yeah, I don't know. It's cool to see guys light up the stolen bases.
0: It's a it's a fun part of your major league baseball. I'm I'm glad that they uh, made some changes to like it's exciting for base base running to matter. Yeah. What? Sorry, I had to give
1: him love while he was hot, and you know, I'll probably drop him in two <laughs> weeks when he goes like oh, for 24.
0: Right, and then he'll he'll steal six bags over the three week yeah. the three day waiver period, and you'll just be itching <laughs> be right back to. Till- in fan tracks can the person that drops a player yes. a waiver claim and okay, i actually so like diff- that that's different than yahoo yeah but, yeah
1: and i like that because it's like why shouldn't you be able to use your waiver you know
0: let's uh let's finish this thing off because we're going a little bit long here by talking about some of the uh okay
1: yeah we gotta get to the real
0: the real interesting questions <laughs> i don't know if they're real interesting <laughs> questions but you wanted to address some of the the hot starts you had one player that you really wanted. i really to just see.
1: wanted to talk about mitch keller
0: yeah, who's I think the fourth ranked player right now overall. Yeah, uh, he had a great start last night. Talk talk. So do talk you about do Michele. you respect him yet? Is he a potential keeper yet? Because you were like, you're not keeping Mitch Keller. Uh, so the so guys like this for me, it's can they pitch a full season, like which I think
1: all. we kind of know Keller can, and
0: can he can he you know maintain his control and his stuff for the whole season because you have that's guys the that, question you have guys that put it 50 inning samples like this i don't i don't want to say all the time but they do it You bought a him and pitched to a, a era in the ones for two-thirds of the season and it was like a top five player like so guys do it but then you know the wheels can come off pretty quickly give me the guy that's done it 200 innings three seasons in a row that's that's who i put in my top 20 Mitch Keller is certainly in, you know, contention for top 40 at this point or top 50, which is rosterable and perhaps keepable on the right team. So, yeah, he's def- definitely taken a step forward in my mind based on these first 50 innings that he's pitched. Yeah, and I, I mean, everything speaks to
1: the underlying metrics. It's the pitch, you know, he's changed his pitch mix. He's out of the cutter. That's been effective. His strikeout rates up, his walk rates down, you know, bat at ball data, all that stuff, you know, all great obviously you know league of adjustments and also can he hold it up i think it's trending up a lot though for him i really like him i liked him going into the draft i think he becomes a really compelling guy and i don't know if you could think about a guy that you'd throw him out against for me uh but i think i could easily see him being a keeper
0: is my point who do you prefer between him and joe ryan I feel like Ryan did it last season. Also, yeah, yeah. Ryan's got a better track record for it, and Ryan seems
1: to keep getting better too, just like Keller
0: is. Um, And so, another guy that also on Mook's team, like Justin Steele, has similar stats. Maybe not. I'd rather go Keller than Steele. Yeah, probably. uh, Yeah, that's not even close. I don't think Steele
1: Steele's a guy. It's going to end at some point for him. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah, or his either that or his arm's going to fall off. It's both really. I don't think he lasts all year. Even if All his right. arm doesn't fall off, here's,
0: here's the real question: uh, Luzardo or Keller? Oof,
1: I knew you were going to do it. That's not. I mean, you're making me talk about you.
0: Bad, yeah.
1: I uh... probably still go Luzardo. <laughs>
0: he of he of the one season of a hundred innings uh, pitched. What's what's Keller's uh? What's Keller's max innings pitched? Keller pitched 159 last year. So yeah. I mean, look, I, I just, I don't I like think I'm Lizardo taking a lot. I don't think I'm taking either of those guys where they would go. I think today. Yeah. I think Keller would be a first round pick as in you know, Luzardo would be a first or second. I'm probably staying away from reaching them there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm Keller's not.
1: definitely a first round pick if we redraft. Yeah.
0: All right, Mitch Keller gave him his flowers. We'll see what the next hundred innings. Uh, I mean I just want you to put some respect in his name. I I hear you. I mean, all right. You and I know he's your boy and Speed's boy at this point. Uh well now he's speed's boy. It's like Yeah, how much does that hurt? Eh,
1: you know. I would have gotten him if Speed wouldn't have drafted him, but you know. It happened.
0: It happens. I'm glad he found time.
1: I mean speed drafted him aggressive enough. It wasn't like he, you know, this league disrespect him and I forgot about him. It's speed got him.
0: Uh, so we talked about one of the dead teams being Perry, but Wander Franco, who for years was the Uber prospect, you know, he's going to be the top of whatever seems to have a pretty good start this year in terms of has come a lot. He's still only 22.
1: Yeah. Jesus Christ. I didn't know his, uh, yeah. yeah, pretty crazy. Right.
0: So, I mean, he, he's got, uh, both home runs and stolen bases, which, you know, I think he had put up average, but it was like an empty average the last several years. And he's finally getting into the, the counting stats, which, you know, matter for us. In, per- in and Perry's
1: going to do it again, by the way. You remember two years ago, Vlad was like the number one or number two ranked player and Perry was like dead last. Yeah. <laughs> so that's going to happen again, isn't it? He's going to have this awesome breakout and just, he's just be sitting in the bottom of the
0: standings. <laughs> he's just not good at fantasy baseball. I mean, what I don't know what else there's to say at this point. I keep trying to ju- trade for Josh Hader from him, uh, but he, he doesn't want any, he doesn't want any. Yeah. I he's mean, Franco use, though, it's useless. like, you gotta,
1: you gotta say this is what, and I would have downplayed Franco going into this year because it's like, I I don't know. I think it's the same, similar to Vlad Jr. too. It's like the guys are so hyped up at such a young age that I think even in like one year draft leagues where it's like, you just assume that they're just going to be good immediately. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to really believe you're good until you, you know, you I mean, prove that you're actually good.
0: Franco was hurt last year. He played half a season, 83 games. Yeah, He hit six home runs in half a season. That's not good. No, not, not at, all. A, at all. And the, the yeah. year before he also played half a season, he had seven home runs in half a season. Now that was just seven season. home runs now. And he's got seven home runs in, you know, a quarter of a season now. So, and even less than a quarter. So yeah, if he turns it on and starts slugging and, you know, OPS above 900 again, that said, his old. entire
1: team is hitting right now. so Yeah, the Rays
0: are just... So you know, we want to see this for a little you're, bit. You're hitting uh, on their Taj Bradley management. They're, uh, yeah. they're hitting lineup. They know how to manage that. For sure. All right, so Wander Franco, uh, Perry, you know, finally... We're big on him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, good I, for Perry, but I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I guess, you know, we should probably talk about Corbin Carroll at this point. Um, Same age as Wander Franco. Same age as Wander Franco, uh, Corbin Carroll in a dynasty draft. If we if we were redrafting this league from scratch, same rules eventually, but no one owns anybody. How high would Corbin Carroll go?
1: I think first round.
0: Yeah, I I think so. I, I mean, you talk about Carl Crawford, like the combination of a little bit of power and the speed. Yeah, know. it's like you
1: just. I mean, the better the. Just like with the wins in a week, we're saying like everything above eight is just exponentially better. It's like every little bit he hits ends up proving to be a better hitter. It exponentially grows because the
0: speed's so much. Yeah, I mean, if he hits twenty, even if he hits eighteen and steals, you know, forty this year, and hits above two eighty, right now he's hitting three hundred, like that. Yeah, that's... and I mean, his expected, not quite
1: so good, but it's like it's not like he's you know, striking out a whole ton, you know, he's, he's striking out 24% of the time as a rookie. Like, that's fine. Like he's holding his own, you know, you, you could see that getting better.
0: It It is certainly an unfair comparison uh, talking about him compared to Estuary Reese, but Corbin Carroll is OPS 900 right now batting 300 where, so he is not, he's not hurting you anywhere. And oftentimes in our league to get steals, you have to make sacrifices. You're gonna get a guy that isn't gonna hit for power, or you know is gonna OPS yeah, but in the seven. Estuary Ruiz has 70 percent more steals I, than him. I understand. <laughs> Cor- but yeah, like you don't have to make any sacrifices with Corbin Carroll. He's been awesome. Um,
1: no, and I get, I I get that aspect, and like you always gotta evaluate. Like I think in uh, look, Carroll on his own is exactly it's like everything you want in a in a, you know, top one or two player on your team, star player, it's the, you know, carries you across every stat category, gives you positive value, accumulates the stats because he's going to, it looks like he's going to put up pretty gaudy stolen base numbers. Not quite Estuary Ruiz numbers, but good numbers. Uh, So yeah, it's, he's a, he is a true fantasy, you know, I'm anointing him fantasy cornerstone. Yeah,
0: I get I guess my
1: only concern even more so than Franco is with this breakout to me. Yeah, well, the same age. Yeah, like I go I Carol so. over Franco. Don't even have to think about it.
0: I think that that's how it would play out as well. Uh, I'm not even sure if see Coral or Carol doesn't have two seasons of mediocrity, above average play for like an no, MLB player. Granted, he was just in the minors. Yeah, like. So Franco, I think, has some bad taste in people's mouth. I don't think Franco would be a top 10 pick. I don't know if he'd be a top 20 pick in a redraft fantasy league. Maybe. maybe. I think he'd definitely go in round two, at least. You think? Yeah. Yeah, Just based on age. Um, Infield and age and, yeah, yeah, all that. Past likely to take James Wood in that second round, too. So (laughs) there'd be some crazy things. (laughs) Or
1: Manzardo. Or whoever that guy was.
0: But, yeah, uh, thank you for saving the league from – Dylan Cruz, Corbin Carroll, and you know, whoever the fuck. Um,
1: what was Housky it? be Cruz, has... Carroll, and... Uh, Ch- Churio,
0: yeah. Churio, yeah. Cruz, Carroll, Churio. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, C- Corbin Carroll being awesome counteracts the fact that Juan Soto is a little bit dead right now, and we'll see uh, how it works out in the end for Housky. The next one we touched on briefly, James Outman, um, you know, has been awesome for a quarter of a season. If he I mean, this...
1: that's it's great with him, but I'm not going to put him in the, I'm not going to put him at the level of any of these guys of like, I like, I think Outman's still the jury's going to be really out on whether he's a keeper or not, but I think he's an exciting, he's a promising guy to hold in a league like ours. I think.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes these guys who come up right away without the prospect pedigree that a Carroll had or Jordan Walker, even if they do awesome, there's still a little bit of question about, you know, whether that it's real or not whereas yeah Car- carol there's no um no and choice. i
1: think with Alvin, there's just more obvious in your face red flags like the strikeout rate right. and whiff rate on that now look got plenty of guys strike out a ton and play just fine you know in in today's modern game it's just a always it's always just a red flag of like oh even when you're hitting well you're striking out this much what what's it going to look like when you go in a slump you know right. or they figure you out are you going to be able to adjust back you know
0: Yeah, so, you know, obviously he's kept it up for the first third of the season or so. Speaking to that, one I want to add to this is Kalenic. Yeah, well, I think that he's been quite good. Uh, What's he ranked overall at this point? And and all the underlying metrics look good. I'm sure Pat has... However, okay, so the underlying
1: metrics still look good, um, or they look good in terms of, like, his overall bat ball data. But I did see recently, as of today through one of you know one of my various twitter follows uh he's been kind of starting to slump I guess the last week pitchers have been throwing more off speed to him again which was always the calling card and it's funny like somebody commented it was like why'd they stop throwing him off speed to begin with right (laughs) so I still don't know if he's actually really proven that now look I think he's made some adjustments where he's had better plate coverage on you know fastballs and things like that like I still think he hasn't proven to hit off-speed, or at least it's still a weakness for him, uh, and that's been... So we'll see. Um, like we said, the league's always looking to adjust to you, so that's when we really see how good you are.
0: I was looking to see where he was in the overall player standings, and I looked at the first page expecting to see him, did not, looked at the second page, did not see him there, looked at the finally the third page, and you're right, the reason he's on the third page, he's ranked 113th overall right now, is over the last two weeks he's batting 245. With an OPS below 700, so okay, making an adjustment. which isn't awful, but not
1: not yeah not not producing. what he was doing. Um, yeah, yeah, he was really hot earlier.
0: Yeah, before that, he has got five stolen bases, so he's seven home runs, five stolen bases. You you triple those stats right now, and that's a that's a fine season uh, for a guy. So yeah, we'll we'll see. It's I think that the Pat keeping him does not look like lunacy now. When perhaps no, not at prepared. all. Yeah.
1: Um, but I think I, I don't know. I think it'll be funny that like at the end of the year that was such a bold move, but we'll end up probably saying like if I had to bet right now, I would say you'll end up looking back that and say, oh, he got his value out of his keeper spot, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I mean, like
1: it wasn't some huge, you know, huge like coup, like yeah, yeah.
0: like, like it's I, a normal, and,
1: and it's fine. Like if Kalenic turns into be a, let's just say what, what do we say, like a twenty five. 18 guy or something like that you know that goes on streaks like that's a good fine player that's
0: yeah if he's past fifth or sixth best player like that's yeah like what if he's basically like randy rosarena i don't know i think a rosarena is rosarena is ranked uh 11th overall right now right now yeah he's he's also on a really hot offense but i I mean yeah maybe i'm not giving a
1: rosarena enough credit i'm just thinking of like a a power speed guy that you know doesn't put up crazy numbers in either of those, but contributes in each one, like more than a, you know, yeah, on either side of a 2020 guy.
0: Yeah, Arena looks like a mistake to trade him away at this point because he's youngish at 28. You know, he's going to be decent for a few more seasons. Yeah. And I forget, you know, what did Ben give up for him? Riley Green. Riley
1: Green and a second-round pick okay. for Arena and Bellinger. Yeah. Well, who...
0: Nice segue. Good seg- way to way to do it, Ian. Uh, the last. I didn't person, even mean to do that. But I wanted to I, talk you know, about you it. You brought it up. Cody fucking Bellinger. First of all,
1: by the way, duty's going to be like duty. Yeah, duty's going to be waiting this whole podcast. Like I can't believe they're going to be talking about Cody Bellinger, and then finally be like, ah, oh, there it is.
0: Uh, nine or nine stolen bases, seven home runs, batting 300, basically. Like, he's I so fourteenth ranked player right now.
1: Yeah, I love Judy's pick on that. At that, Because of that, it's like, why not change the scenery, bounce back guy? You know what I mean? Like, finally, he's young enough. I've always kind of been a Bellinger guy. Um, yeah, I also think, like, okay, yeah, this could be – I don't know how good this means he really is. Like, I don't think – granted, he used to be a top 20, top 14 guy like he's playing at right now. right. However, I don't – after watching him, it's like you can't think that he's that. But the power and speed combination alone I think makes him a nice, valuable fantasy player. It'll be interesting to see uh, – yeah, a keeper level. I mean, I give him a better chance than out to be a full keeper level at the yeah. end of the year. He's done it before, yeah. Yeah, uh,
0: especially with the fact that he's done it before and been really good, so – You talk about change of scenery. Like we we'd say that when a guy goes from one team to another, that's what it means. But you think about him, first of all, he's in LA. He was a former MVP, right? Like world Series champion. Like he was so high and fell so low. Like, this is a guy that just need, just needed a change of scenery. Like he's not what he was. And that's a hard market to, to be like that. Like, I, I think Clay Thompson on the basketball side is similar to that. Like he's not the player he was four or five years ago and it is tough to be bad when you were good you know in california in la and, and cody bellinger like remember he was sitting he was platooning he was it was like it was yeah he every, everything everything all, was yeah. about cody bellinger and now he gets yeah. to go to chicago which where there are no expectations because they're trash uh and he's you know he's putting together an awesome start to a season
1: yeah. Now, granted, like the, you know, the underlying metrics don't jump off the page, especially to the way that they did earlier in his career, but they're still a significant improvement over the last two years. So he's clearly hitting the ball better. Strikeout. You know, he's striking fight. out a lot but, less Yeah, is the big thing. I mean, I think him just cutting down on the strikeouts is a big thing. It allows everything else to play. Uh,
0: the fact that duty, I mean, everybody hits on Players in the draft, no matter like who you are, what you know, how many draft picks you have, but the fact that duty was able to get Bellinger, who is twenty-seven, by the way, like nobody you, else wanted to bid on that. You wish Tyler O'Neill was giving the Cody Bellinger like Cody Bellinger. Oh, if, if, if Tyler O'Neill
1: right now was seven home runs and nine steals, I'd be yeah, bragging chirping, you guys yeah. about how no, goddamn stop. smart I am.
0: uh so yeah, he he came in with Cody Bellinger, Sonny Gray, Marcus Stroman. These guys, he just ah oh, fuck. Fuck duty. I, I was hoping that he would with the awesome keeper set, you know, take a step back due to the lack of um draft capital. And he I mean, yeah, he's still some holes on his team. He's
1: been able to mitigate the fact that he hasn't had Justin Berlander until a couple of days ago.
0: Yeah. And um Aaron Judge has been human. Out out for, for a week like or so. Yeah, two weeks. Uh so uh, he still has major holes on his team, which is even more scary because he can just plug in Like there are not many roster spots on my team which I can have clear upgrades for. Like if I start picks, but does offense just the polls?
1: There, yeah, like Christopher Morrell, uh Javi Baez, Baez. Orlando Arcia, Harrison Bader, uh JJ Bleday. Like it's I mean, he should there's just a lot of places that he can get better.
0: He should be throwing first, second, third round draft picks at you know, some of these bad teams and and taking their best non-keeper uh and plugging in and you know, away you go.
1: Yeah. No, I I agree. That's what's, I mean, he, the big thing is, is he hit on the starting pitchers in the draft to make a good staff. Oh it's, with, with it was, a, it too. was just a whole, like, you know, cherry on top that he got Cody Bellinger out of it.
0: Uh, don't doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we hit on some players. There's probably a dozen more we could talk about, but it's a long season. We'll talk. Again. Yeah. I feel like this
1: is a, this is a good, Good run through. I feel like I got my my rants out. I didn't even <laughs> I didn't have to bitch about Blake Snell. Like I'm feeling good.
0: Yeah, and you know, back to back
1: quality starts.
0: I know we we only average about a dozen listeners, and I'm not sure if most of them are in the league or if anybody's outside of the league. And I know there's some people out there that just listen to a bunch of fantasy analysis and aggregate it. So if Eric Cross is listening to this podcast, you know for for Insight, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Eric. I, I don't mean to disrespect anything that <laughs> you've done. You just, you know. Really had a dog on him. I, Pat tweeted at him in our whole argument, tried to get him to go on our pod. No <laughs>
1: response. No response.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, he's a hustler. I, I respect it. He's uh, he's a grinder. I'll, I'll say it that way. That's better than yeah. He's, he's a grinder. So yeah, if uh, Pat just keeps taking his advice, you know, he's probably going to end up as a, a mediocre team. All right, my friend. Uh, great talking to you. Uh, I think the early season's played out in a fun way. Guys are up and down. A lot of fun surprises. And uh, yeah, some good rants tonight.
1: And yeah, I had a lot to get off. And uh, good luck this week.
0: Yeah, you too. Uh, I think You're playing a
1: tough opponent.
0: I am playing a tough opponent. I, I feel pretty decent. My, uh, my hitters lineup this week. I don't have a ton of off days on Tuesday Thursday you do so I feel like I got some more at bats see I'm
1: playing the strategy of and I cuz I had to make a lot of moves earlier to restock my relievers of uh, I'm going to let my offense just muscle it I'm not going to try and match you on at bats I'm going to you know That's what I did the, last Let the
0: ho- let the horses run baby Last last week against Brendan I had a ton of ton of off days so sometimes it's you're up sometimes you're down in, in those off days but like yeah. like today jock peterson's benched against the lefty
1: yeah. i'm letting him play against the, his pinch hit opponent he, he yes. gets you know yeah. he might come up in a good spot
0: he's good for it and i'm yeah. uh, not doing so well and i got brandon and fought tonight he might be a he might be a rage Oof. drop um my uh my own crush we'll see we'll see how it goes all right my friend until next time uh, It was great talking to you all right sounds good i'll see you